A terror prowls on the screams of young children. Horned blue beast and one-eyed slime balls haunt your nightmares in Monsters Inc. Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. Sad by the lack of ink in this film. It is. It is sad about the, the lack of ink. <laughs> ah, that was the worst joke I've maybe ever done on this podcast. That was terrible. It wasn't even funny. Ooh, Welcome back to it's a bad sign. <laughs> it's already going downhill, buddy. Welcome back to the Monsters <laughs> of Men podcast. This is the bargain basement of the Monster Podcast, the airways where two friends try to stay alive and stay connected by chatting about weekly monster movies. This week, as we try to stay alive. We are discussing Monsters, Inc., or Monsters Incorporated, which is what I usually call it for whatever oh. reason. Oh, that makes yeah. more sense. Yeah, that is odd. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I – did you see this movie when it came out? Did You I, You probably went and saw it in theaters. Oh, yeah. I did. I probably Definitely. did, too. I just don't remember. Yeah. I, I, I saw most movies in theaters. If I'm being like, like from a certain age, I saw almost every movie in theaters. I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah, I definitely saw this that, one. In that theaters. checks. That that makes sense. <laughs> Your backstory checks out. Yeah, thanks, buddy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So this is this was a good one. Um, that from back then that I was wondering. Very interested to see. How this one held up before this week, uh, you know, there's there's other there's other CG animated films from before this that maybe I'll talk about a little bit while I'm going over this. But uh, I was very interested to see how time has treated this film. For sure, for sure. Well, let's jump into it then and see if time has treated this film well, shall we? All right, you one-eyed slime ball. <laughs> Our animation series takes yet another right turn with Pixar's Monsters, Inc., a film that is probably the most well-known of any in our animated monster series. Monsters, Inc. was released right during Pixar's heyday, which, to me at least, Alex, feels to have definitively passed at this point. (laughs) But this film, like so many on Pixar's box office-earning, critic-pleasing run, surprised many with its subversive comedy and unique perspectives. But looking back on it over 20 years later, does it still earn its laughs, Alex, or are you left screaming? Mm, I may have been screaming with laughter. (laughs) 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 What is wrong with me? You you have got some good ones today. Oh yeah, some real singers. Um, yeah. You are filling those energy <laughs> canisters twice over, Alex. Yeah, that's me. That's me. Yeah, I'm hitting my quota. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it, it it definitely does though, for real. Earn its last. It continues to do so. But really though, it wasn't the the nature of the comedy in the film that really impressed me. 
It was the creativity that's in this from from stem to stern. Uh, And it still looks great, which is a relief. Only a few times do the facial animations fail the movie. You know, going back to something like Toy Story and seeing the human characters in that, it's kind of rough. It's a little scary. Uh, While Boo sometimes does look a little off, it's okay, because she's a little monster anyways. Um, (laughs) And what I like about this film, and you said, Eric, that uh, there was a... You know, Pixar in its heyday. Uh, that's definitely true. Pixar is no longer this creative. Um, they're not playing on really creative ideas, like having these this big door sequence where they're jumping through all these doors um, in this warehouse. And just the nature of this world and how it works. Like, now you get a film like, I think, Elemental that just came out where... They're, the big thing is, oh, can you imagine a, if a fire person and a water person fell in love? <laughs> it's like, okay. Like, like okay, different people fall in love. Okay. Um, it, the, the creativity is almost non-existent, I feel like, for the most part. And I think that this film does something that even the toys, the sort that the, a lot of Pixar films from this era do and what makes them so memorable is it taps into something timeless. You know, it taps into the, the element of fear and a childlike fear that is in everybody <laughs> when they're a child. You know, that fear of the dark. And the way that it does things is it just has so much personality that I am impressed uh, 20 years yeah. on. What about you, Eric? Were you laughing during this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Now, I'll say, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you are definitely laughing in this movie. I think a successful selling point for Monsters, Inc. is that at this moment in time, we've probably watched this four or five times this week uh, with each of my three, five, and eight-year-olds asking for it at different points (laughs) during that time. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it was successful with my kids, so it must have something going for it. And I guess it's to be expected, Alex, but of course, there is an element of mm. fright to each of the three movies we've watched so far. We are watching animated monsters, right? Um, and Monsters, mm-hmm. Inc. at least right. starts with a bit more of that. Um, it's a bit of a frightening element, even if that frightening element quickly fades that bedroom simulation scene right at the beginning of the film mm. is one of my favorite moments and one of my kids' favorites as well because it does build up that tension, even though it's brief before it's comedic release, that gets a laugh out of all my kids and a real belly laugh from my three-year-old. Even though she doesn't understand <laughs> the like ironic elements, I don't think, of that moment. She just finds the slapstick comedy element hilarious so all of it combined makes for a great moment i love that opening because that's the start of the creativity that we do see in this film mm-hmm. yeah you're saying everything that i'm thinking here. I, I again i love that it plays on it's a children's film that plays on that children's first fear or at least a lot of children's first fear of the dark and the monsters in it 
I think it's bold to lean into it in its initial moments of the film because it is quite scary <laughs> in that first moment. And again, I, I, I want to stress something that you also mentioned, and I've been mentioning since Totoro. Having this element of horror, even if it's minor, in the elements, throughout all the elements in a children's film, seems to be a recipe for success. Mm. There's something incredibly captivating about those elements in the film, uh, those horror moments, when you don't, in a film where you just don't expect these things to be present. And I believe that that translates really well for adults and kids, making this, like I said earlier, a timeless film. And the opening is scary. The sucker, as it approaches the face of Boo, is terrifying. (laughs) And Randall's invisibility when he disappears when Sully is out out at the door. And when he's like, you just see like some of the stuff moving. That's a little bit of horror too. And I like the the way his invisibility plays into some of those horror moments. Really cool stuff uh, from a children's film. And again, their kids like to be a little scared, I believe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Despite the fact that this is a G-rated movie, Alex, uh, right. which is impressive. But uh, yeah, and, and on top of that, on top of those small horror moments, my favorite aspect of this movie might be the buddy angle of the whole thing. I mean, you, you really yes. got to like some of the small buddy moments, such as Sully covering for Mike. Uh, and doing his paperwork for him, mm. uh, which built character and continued the plot, by the way, right there towards the beginning of the film. Or the mm. fact that Mikey, his first call after seeing himself on TV is with Sully's mom. <laughs> He's like, it's your mom, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. and, and you know in these buddy movies that there will inevitably be that conflict and separation before you get that reunion and celebration at the end. And yes, we do get that formula here, but we get it with a lot of hijinks in between. Uh, So yeah, Mm. first and foremost, this might be a a buddy movie more than anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's a a buddy movie. It's a rescue mission. (laughs) You know, it's these character moments uh, with these main characters that really add a lot of texture to their interactions, the, these ones that you mentioned, a lot more than we do see even in a lot of two-hour movies. Uh, I even missed the, the Mike calling Sully's mom thing, which is quite funny. Um, <laughs> and I love the little nod where Mike goes to dinner with Celia at Harryhausen's <laughs> restaurant. It's such an awesome nod that I probably wouldn't have even picked up a few years ago. Exactly, uh, yeah. And I love the element there, though, when when Mike's going, is that Sully pulled all the strings for him to help his buddy out of, out uh, to go on a date. Uh-huh. And you know, there, there, there's he's not expecting to receive anything in turn. He's just doing this for his friend, and it makes a very believable friendship in the film that is, you know, uh, somewhat unbelievable. But then there's also like the character of Boo, who is, of course, it's a little girl and immediately a lovable, but calling someone like Sully Kitty is just too cute. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you really feel for her when she gets scared of Sully. And when she is in danger, you really do feel like Sully. 
in those moments, right? Where he's wanting to go protect her and get back to her. And he doesn't care what he has to do. He'll even leave Mike behind uh, to save this little girl. I really like that. Um, and I think it's really cool. And, I, and also her comedy moments are hilarious. Even her just first appearances are absolutely hysterical. Like when she interrupts their dinner, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, just for the entire location to end up getting zapped. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really good stuff. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. I, I guess I'll be a downer or the downer, I guess, for a moment. I, I do think this film is fun, unique, interesting. But for me, I, I didn't resonate as much with some of what I thought could have been the emotional moments of this film like I think I could. You mentioned Sully and Boo's relationship, but I feel like the movie could have done more with that relationship, actually, uh, to build a real emotional bond between them. There are some of those things, right? Like her calling him Kitty that you're like, ah, that gets you. Um, But there aren't as many intimate moments between the two that I think could build that relationship even stronger. So instead of that, Instead, most of the relationship, it seems to be built by keeping Boo out of trouble or hidden from others, which is fine. Like, that's part of the plot. I, I get it. But I do think a couple quiet moments with those two in some sort of way could really go a long way for building that relationship for me. And also, I know I'm nitpicking. This is a complete nitpick. And it's something that I usually could care less about because it's plot related. But the door logic just doesn't make any sense to me, which is weird. I don't I don't know why it bothers me. But like that chase scene with the doors, it is super creative. I love the concept of it. But there's just so many doors. There's an infinite number of doors here. And somehow we guess doors that are kind of somewhat in our vicinity that we need to be in. Yeah. It's just a little like. I don't know how that's possible. And so it bothers me a little bit for one reason or another. Uh, I think it's fair. But I I don't know why. I don't like plot stuff doesn't bother me, but for some reason this one does. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That that actually bothered me a bit too while watching it. I was like, "Ah, you keep getting closer. How? (laughs) There Mm -hmm. are. There have to be a million doors <laughs> for this movie to make sense. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> now, maybe they're separated <laughs> geographically or something. Someone give me the someone email us and tell me the uh, logical Could explanation be. here of of yeah. the doors. I guess it probably is right. Uh, a Pixar apologist out there. <laughs> yeah, give us the monsters incorporated. Exactly. Lore someone give me that, that door lore of monsters incorporated. <laughs> we we are here for it. Uh, but hey, Alex, on MVM Plus today over at patreon.com forward slash MVM pod, we talk about 4th of July, our first jobs, and we have another lightning round. Um, Levi makes a guest Ooh. appearance, I should say. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and uh, we have another lightning round of Alex movies that he has seen recently. So that's over at patreon.com forward slash MVM pod where you can catch that episode in our entire backlog of a crazy number of MVM plus episodes at patreon.com forward slash MVM pod. Let's get into our awards though. Alex compelling character who you got. Okay. I gave it to water news. This is our, mm. our insect like uh, boss of monsters incorporated. I like this character. Um, He ends up being a bad guy, but he's also, it's weird, right? Because 
he's doing a horrible thing to keep the lights on in his uh-huh. city. But he's all. But then there's also that tinge there, that that's oh, I'm doing it for my company, and mm-hmm. that's the thing. I'm like, ah, buddy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then he also still it's weird because when things start to go down he still seems to genuinely care for sullivan he does yeah. um despite yeah. everything else that's happening he definitely still cares for people he's not the psychopath right. that um he, he thinks sullivan oh. he, like he knows randall's a bad guy <laughs> yeah he knows randall is evil right he knows randall's a bad guy and he knows sullivan's a good guy but he is trying to save the company at all costs. Yeah, and that's where that's where the problem comes in. It's like you know, when once you see that, it's pretty horrifying. And once you see how it works on the monster that gets replaced, it's like, yeah, you're definitely <laughs> like you're definitely a bad guy, oh, yeah. no doubt about it. But he's like in this really weird spot where they just they're facing an energy crisis and he has no idea how to resolve it <laughs> and this is kind of like how low he's going oh, yeah. it's kind of interesting. interesting well my compelling character goes to the real boss which is Roz uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she uh, turns out is more than just the paperwork awesome. lady right? <laughs> she she is running the show uh, behind the scenes mm-hmm. so um uh, she's hilarious, though, just in in getting Mike to to do his paperwork, and it, of course, it's just a f- fabulous twist at the end that she is basically the head of the. Is it CDC? No, is that no, what they not are? The CDC. They're the. That's the Center for Disease yeah. Control. <laughs> yes, <it is. laughs> something very similar. It's like, uh, what is uh, it? I, I, I can't, can't remember. remember. Yeah. One of those, uh, a Pixar apologist needs to, again, email us, right. tell us what it is. It's not the CDC, but it basically is. So, <laughs> most memorable line award, Alex, what'd you got? Uh, yeah, mine's when uh, Sully thinks that Boo's been crushed. He's, he's just, I can still hear her voice. And then Boo from down the hall, Mike Wazowski. He's like, Mike is like, hey, I can hear her too. And then all the kids, <laughs> all the kids are down the hall, Mike Wazowski. Mike just goes, how many kids you got in there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that movie was that that moment was dark. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. It is funny. Uh, I, I, I like this happens twice, kind of right. It, it happens again at the end on the magazine cover. Ooh. But whenever Mike appears on TV <laughs> and he's covered up conveniently yeah. right it's so perfect right he's covered up and mike is like i can't believe it and so he's like oh mike and mike <laughs> i was on tv did you see me i'm a natural <laughs> <laughs> i love that moment dude you because you just you know what you, you know what you expect and then he subverts that and it's hilarious <laughs> and like oh you said gosh. the double dip on it makes double dip is great yeah and and i just love how the the incorporated logo covers him completely <laughs> yeah, like the circular logo so good. <laughs> so good uh can't believe the acting award though who'd you have yeah mine goes to mary gibbs who did boo she had to do a lot of gobbledygook in this movie. A lot of just <laughs> gibberish that's like vaguely familiar and somewhat understandable, but also very childlike. 
very impressed, Mary Gibbs, with all your jibble jabber. You did a great job. Are you sure they didn't just get a baby and just made him do gobbledygook? All right. Hey, don't take that away from Mary Gibbs, okay? <laughs> she did a great job. And I'm sure she did all Mary that. Mary Gibbs has an IMDb page. <laughs> Uh, mine, uh, <laughs> it goes to Billy Crystal. Huh? There, there are several you could actually choose from here. There's some great vocal performances that stand out. These are iconic voices, right? Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> you have iconic voices in this movie, but there's something about Billy Crystal's mic that is perfect. Um, it fits his character so well. Uh, those comedic moments, like I just mentioned, um, are sold by his performance. Uh, yes, uh, Goodman Sully is fantastic, but I, I just can't imagine anybody else b- besides Billy Crystal as Mike here. Right? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Mm. Um, what about your? Uh, oh, that's a good shot award, Alex. Yeah, mine. Let's see, my oh, that's a good shower award is the backlit boo. She's backlit with the two monsters, uh, with Mike and Sully on the left and right side of the screen. She has this big shadow, like a monster shadow in between them. But it's just so funny because it's you know, it's the shadow of a little girl, and it looks, I mean, it looks exactly like a little girl, it's not like the shadow looks like a monster. And so it's just so goofy looking to have these two monsters scared of this little girl in the scene. It's great. What about you? Yeah, no, that's a good one. Mine is, uh, it goes back to that beginning scene uh, where at first it's the tentacle on the chair, but then the, the kid does a second take and it's just a coat on the chair um, that's hanging out from its closet. And I was like, oh man, that, that is just a memorable moment, right? Because what kid hasn't been there? Uh, so I, I love that shot and building that tension. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, what about your Nick Award? What? Nick Award, Alex. I, I think we have the same answer for our unique award. Oh, do we? So I think maybe uh, because I've got the coolest monster award and I can see here from your notes what you have, Alex. Uh, I, well, I had, the, I had the best monster reference. So I want to hear yours, Eric. What do you have here? Mine goes to Ted. Uh, which Ted is Godzilla. Oh, yeah, that's so good. <laughs> they, I guess I call him Ted for whatever reason. I'm sure there's a reason, probably. Someone smarter than me knows. Uh, I think they call him Ted, but it's hilarious. They're like, yeah, he takes 10 steps to work. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah, I love that moment. So I was, I was hoping that was yours, but maybe not, Alex. No. Mine is actually I like the Harryhausen restaurant. Actually, oh, there that you was go. my there favorite monster go. reference. Is because uh, it's just it's, it's such a niche <laughs> reference. It, is. it, it is. is really cool. And there's also yeah. some fun Pixar references at the end when he's handing oh, Boo yeah. her toys, and you see all the different characters like Nemo. Uh, what's her name? Annie from Toy Story Two. Uh-huh. I can't remember her name. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I thought that was really cool. Um, but really it's the, Har- the Harryhausen reference is so cool. <laughs> yeah. Jesse is the cowgirl's name. Jesse. Thank you. 
<laughs> uh, final thoughts and rating, Alex. I'll go ahead and start. I think this is uh, a great Pixar film. Uh, I, I have a couple of very small complaints and very small nitpicks. Um, so this is kind of borderline for me between that upper tier Gamera, lower tier Godzilla. It'll probably go lower tier Godzilla just because of the creativity and the time it was made. It still does hold up for the most part, like you mentioned. Yeah, there are a couple of boo animations that you're like, ooh, that's kind of creepy. <laughs> but beyond that, it, it still holds up really well. And I, I mean, because it's on that borderline, I have to ask myself, okay, does it reach its target audience? And as I mentioned at the top of the review, it definitely does. So uh, my kids love this movie. So it probably pushes it into that Godzilla tier for me. What about you, man? Uh, yeah, I think I'm right there with you, Eric. Uh, this is a Godzilla tier for me. I, I, I Really, when, when my complaints come down to how the doors might may or may not work in their proximity to each other in the real world... Um, in a, in a movie like this, I, I can give it a, a bit of a pass. It, it, yeah, does it bother me a little bit? Yeah, it does a little bit because it's kind of like, you know, zombie logic. It doesn't make quite sense, but we're doing it for the plot. Um, but other than that, I mean, again, it's the creativity that's here from beginning to end. The scary moments punctuated by that bits of comedy. And there's just... The, uh, really, the comedy really almost entirely lands here. I'm not there rolling my eyes at hardly anything, I don't think. Um, so I got to give it a lot of praise. The characters are great. Uh, and the, the story is very poignant, too, at the end, where uh, he comes back to Boo, who we, think, who we don't think he's ever going to see again. Um, that little, you know, Boo, Kitty moment is really cute so i gotta give it to gotta give it the godzilla tier it deserves it nice no, i like it so alex i didn't tell you this but chat gpt listened to our conversation Ooh, <laughs> and okay. come up with a rotten tomatoes critics consensus for our review our joint review of this film do you want to hear it oh oh yeah, i do it says Monsters, Inc. impresses with its creativity, timeless appeal, and a successful blend of humor and minor horror elements that captivate both adults and kids. The buddy dynamic and character moments add texture, although the emotional depth and door logic could have been further developed. Pretty <laughs> it's good. horrifying. <laughs> it's pretty terrifying. It's too good. I don't pretty like it. Terrifying. I don't like it. <laughs> So, don't like so I may it. do oh my gosh. that from time to time. It's pretty terrifying, but that was <laughs> our Rotten Tomatoes critics consensus of Alex and mine yeah, joint review. <laughs> if it listens enough, it can just replicate our voices and we just want to do anything. Exactly. We'll just get to listen to the show with our listeners. Exactly. <laughs> well, hey, next week, Alex, we are doing a brief departure from our animated series. We're going to get back to that. But you told me Renfield is on Peacock. Ooh. So we are going yes. to check out Renfield. Uh, it's a uh, Dracula film with Nicolas Cage. So it's kind of a we mandatory watch now that we it's on streaming. It. It's it's mandatory. <laughs> so next week when we watch Renfield, Alex, will Nicolas Cage be even keeled? Or, as I hope, will he refuse to yield? Yeah, I, you know, I'm excited just to get back 
um, to see uh, Dracula because <laughs> with Renfield, you know, he's going to be Bacula. <laughs> Oh no! Oh, uh, I had a good one in my head, and then it just—you—you could hear it disintegrate. Oh yeah, I, I heard that crumbling. You could hear it. I heard crumbling from a mile away. Yeah. <laughs> you started off with great jokes, and you end the episode with a great rhyme. I love it. Yeah, finishing strong, buddy. As always, thank you for listening to Monsters vs. Men. You can leave us feedback on this episode at mvmpod.com or email us at mvmpod at gmail.com. Follow us on and message us on Twitter and Instagram at MVM underscore pod. You can become a bargain base mat at patreon.com forward slash MVM pod and receive all that weekly bonus content, including special reviews, interviews, and host chats. And if you can't join at this time, a review or share always helps. iTunes. I just learned this week, Alex, there's Spotify ratings. I didn't even know that until this Ooh. week. So rate us on Spotify if you have that. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornette. Executive producers are Kevin Alexander, Faye Basier, John Freeman, and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, Kamal Rock Band for PlayStation 3, which forms Cell Block B, Louis Loops, Cinder Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram Connector, and you, the listener, as always, for listening. Until next time, don't forget to send us all that door lore. <laughs> and try, try to stay, stay alive. alive. Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. Door lore reminds me of Troll Toll for whatever reason. Oh, <laughs> taking this boy's home.